Welcome, welcome everyone to The Enthusiast Life. I am your host, Mark Turcotte. I'm so glad each and every one of you have decided to make me a part of your day. Well, it is July 27th, 2020. And my goodness, man, this year is just flying by. I mean, can you believe it? We're almost into the, uh, the, the fall video game releases. This is insane. I mean, new consoles are right around the corner. Hey, it's Madden season coming up. That's right. We got to see, does the Madden see its shadow? I don't know, but I uh, hope everybody had a good weekend. I know I sure did. We had a lot kind of going on here around the house, and a lot of that was more just hanging around watching TV because it was just a hot, hot weekend here in the Carolinas, and we had some sports back. Baseball was back, so it was great to see some live sports. Uh, for those that don't know, you know I do live here in Charlotte in the Carolinas, um, so many of you know me as a Charlotte fan, but originally being from New York... I'm a Yankees fan as well. So the one team I can never, never abandon are my dear Yankees. So I had a fun, fun weekend just watching a, pretty much both or all three Yankees games, I should say. And uh, it's been neat. I don't know if you guys, I mean, some people out there may not be sports fans, but a lot of sports have been approaching these games differently. So I'm sure you've heard a lot of the stadiums are uh, empty. So they're trying to find ways to still make it seem like it's a regular game and that there are fans there. And, and it's hit or miss, depending on what you're watching. I mean, wrestling I've talked about before. It's been very weird kind of having these empty arenas. As of late, they've been kind of adding some um, younger wrestlers kind of to the crowd or even some family members of the wrestlers. So that's been okay. But baseball, I, I mean, what they've done is is pretty genius and honestly really hasn't changed the game. They've just added piped-in crowd noise. To the point where there's literally, there has to be somebody somewhere pressing buttons to boo, to cheer, like when there's hits, when there's fouls. Um, they also are playing kind of the, the in-stadium music, even though if you're actually at the game for the players, they don't hear any of that. So that's got to be very odd for them playing without that sound. But if you're a fan watching, you hear the, you know, let's go. Like you hear all those things happening. And it's it's just for baseball is fine because baseball is a very chill game to watch. You know, it has its its exciting moments, but they're very few and far between. So a lot of it is there's a lot of downtime when it comes to baseball. Um, so it all just works. Now it is odd to look in the crowd and not see fans there, but some of the teams are doing the cardboard cutouts. Don't know if you've seen that, uh, where fans are able to actually send in pictures of themselves, spend some extra money. And the teams are actually putting cutouts in there. The Yankees national games or that I watched this weekend, they didn't do that. But um, I, I've been watching Sports Center, seeing some other teams are doing that. I saw the Philadelphia Phillies, their little uh, monster uh, mascot was out there just sitting in the outfield, like lounging. Uh, it's been neat, I think, to watch sports kind of adapt to this pandemic and see the different ways that they're all kind of approaching just trying to get back to some normalcy. So that was uh, kind of fun this weekend just to watch those games. And hey, the Yankees won the series 2-1. to one, So hey, we're, we're coming out of that doing good so far. So um, I'm definitely stoked about that. Uh, we've also spent some time this weekend. Uh, I was playing Roblox with my daughter. I don't know if any of you have ever played Roblox. Although, you know, I, I would assume you haven't. But you may have played it with your kids. Uh, our nieces, nephews, whatever out there. I'm sure you have you have some family members, young family members who love this game. This is like the game right behind Minecraft for kids these days for the younger crowd. I mean, obviously Fortnite's still up there. Um, but it, it was funny, like my son played Roblox years ago. 
And it seemed to kind of go away and subtly now it's exploded again over the last like six or eight months, I'd say. I mean, there's toys that they sell for this. And if you're not familiar with it, you your characters almost look like little Lego characters. And it's somewhat similar to Minecraft in the sense that you can... There are like creative modes, but in this game you can spend money on skins, on accessories for your characters. But the novel thing about it is other people actually can make games within Roblox. So years ago when my son played it, they used to play this game called Jailbreak. And it was online, and they would go in and like... Some people were the cops, some people were in the jail, and you had to break out, and, and it was just kind of almost like a game of tag that you were playing. Um, well, my daughter is completely obsessed with this game called Adopt Me, and the way it works if you're a developer is like even you or I could go in there and make a game. These developers of Adopt Me basically went into this Roblox creative tool, built this game, and then when kids spend money, because they can spend money within Adopt Me, they get a share of the money that the company that owns Roblox also gets. And this game Adopt Me is like the number one game on Roblox. There's so many people playing it. And really all it is is you're this little character who goes in. It's almost like a little MMO because there's all these people around this little town. But then you get these eggs that hatch that'll give you like a dog or a puppy or an, or an otter or a cat or a monkey or a dragon, like all these different things. And of course, there's very rare ones. And you go in and you just kind of go around the town and like the, the suddenly the dog will be thirsty. So you have to go to a place where you can give it some water. And then you go to a place and you give it some food and then it needs to play. So then you go to the park and you play with it. And then eventually it, it quote unquote levels up or grows up and becomes goes from like a, a baby to a preteen to a teen to a pre-adult and then to an adult. And my daughter is obsessed with raising all these pets and if you combine four of them, you make a neon one. And then that's a, you know, that's a whole thing. And then if you combine a bunch of neons, then you make... And so it's like this endless cycle of this video game. Well, she wanted me to play. So we go, I go in, because it's cool. It's got cross-play. So I started playing on my PC. She's playing on her iPad. Well, leave it to me to, you know, create a character that I thought looked pretty cool. <clears throat> had a guitar on his back. Had like this Hawaiian shirt. I looked like a bass player. Had like a little fedora on my head. Got some jeans on, looking all smooth, walking around, you know, and, you know, nobody cares about what my character looks like, but she tells me, she's like, dad, here we can glitch out of the map. Let's glitch out of the map. So we glitch out of this little area. My character falls through the floor of the map and just endlessly falling. She goes, oh, you just got to restart. Just teleport to me. I teleport to her. My character loses his pants. So then here I am, this character walking around this child's game with no pants. Now, luckily... All it is is like a Lego character with no pants. So there, there's nothing wrong there. But I'm like, I'm like, where's my pants? She's like, oh, you, lo you lost them. It does that sometimes. I'm like, well, how do I get my pants back? She's like, well, we just have to stop playing. If, if then And then next time you play, they'll be there. So I continue to play this game for like 30 minutes of my character with, <laughs> with no pants. And I'm just like, that's just my luck, right? Trying to log in in this game, have some fun. And my damn character loses his pants. Like, I mean, it, it just priceless right there for me and then of course you know the little uh i don't know the, the little bug in me or troll in me started getting bored because another piece of this game is is trading items and i know i mentioned dragon earlier it's a uh neon shadow dragon like that's the thing that my daughter was all about i gotta make a neon shadow dragon so she had to collect these four dragons and then combine you know level them all up and then combine them all to create the neon and her hers is rideable because you could even ride them so I don't I type in the chat, you know, looking to 
give away free <laughs> rideable neon shadow dragon. Everybody on the server suddenly starts crowding around my character. So here's my character with his fedora and Hawaiian shirt and bass on his back or guitar on his back with no pants. With all these people just following me around the map. My daughter is cracking up. I mean, it was just so much fun. We had this weekend playing some Roblox. So... Uh, I don't know. I, I just thought that was a funny story that you guys might enjoy hearing me kind of get into this game. But um, it, it's pretty amazing how successful that game is. And it makes me think, like, how hard is it to make a game in Roblox? I mean, obviously, that game, there's a lot of systems in there. They get a lot going on. So <laughs> something on that level not going to happen. But, you know, I almost wonder, like, is it, if you're a game developer, maybe there is a way for you to kind of use these tools to come up with something successful. I mean, they make, she plays all these little, like, obbies, they call them, but they're obstacle courses. Think of, like, like a wipeout-type course or, you know, something like that. I mean, those are a dime a dozen in there, so you're not really going to make a lot of money with that. But if you're looking just to try to make a video game and see if you can make it somewhat successful, that may be a way to go. It's just something kind of interesting, I thought, uh, looking at it. Um uh, I do want to talk a little bit about, to kind of feedback this weekend, um, kind of still continuing from the Xbox showcase. Uh, last Friday, Friday's episode, obviously I was hot off the heels of watching it, and uh, I kind of joked that I don't even think I took a breath during that podcast. I mean, I was just going off, uh, kind of listening back to it. It kind of had me chuckling and laughing, so <laughs> hopefully you guys were able to get through that and kind of uh, listen to that. Um, but I do kind of want to talk, you know, after, as more of... As I've kind of thought about it more and kind of read, you know, some other people's takes on it and that, you know, I still stand by the fact that I think that, you know, we're just in a completely different place um, than I think where we thought we would be. Like, we thought this was going to be that typical console war. And, uh, you know, I don't think Microsoft wants that. Like, they just are saying, hey, we're doing it different this time. And they're moving forward with it. And, I, and you know, looking at the feedback of Halo Infinite and you see kind of the fanboy, the Sony fanboys coming out of the woodwork saying, ha like that's that game that was supposed to be your showcase and I don't think it looks good and people going crazy over that. And, you know, even some people feeling just a little down on the game. You know, I still, granted you guys know me, I, I just love and loving things essentially. Um, but I, I'm still of that mindset that I think that this game just is fine. Like in the, 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 course that Microsoft is taking that as gamers, we all kind of win in this situation. That they're, Microsoft isn't pushing that next gen system so much. And I think that they're fine with it. And I think us as gamers, we should all be fine with it too. Because in the end, we all win by them doing it this way. It doesn't make you have to really make that hard decision of Xbox or Sony. Now, again, I do understand for those out there that don't have a PC, but in the end, I really see the xCloud being that factor where it's like you could just get a subscription and potentially play those games elsewhere, even if it's just for a month, even if it's just to get that quick free trial, just to play through the campaign of that game you really need to play on the Xbox. Like you're going to be able to do that. So I don't know. It, it's still going to be interesting. And, and it was kind of funny just kind of sitting back and seeing just the internet go crazy this weekend. Uh, over all of that, but hey, it, it just kind of is what it is. Uh, one other thing, too, kind of digging deep deeper since um, Friday as well is on the Fantasy Star Online 2 New Genesis info that came out. They put out a nice trailer that kind of showed how it's going to link to uh, the to PSO2, and it is going to take place a thousand years after that game and, and kind of run uh, 
parallel to it. So in, in even characters in PSO2 that you've created, you can bring over to New Genesis. There are even going to be other things that you can collect in PSO2 that are going to be a New Genesis. There's even going to be some things that go back the other direction. Your level, things like that are not. Um, but, uh, man, I'm excited for that game. Like kind of a brand new fantasy star experience like that. I think that's going to be huge. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, you know, kind of, uh, references to Final Fantasy 14's Realm Reborn, kind of when they basically redid it. It's kind of what this is like redoing that because it takes place in the same place as PSO2, um, I think is neat. And I think if there ever was a time for anybody to get into Fantasy Star, this may be that time. Uh, but of course a lot is still unknown about the game. So we'll see, um, kind of as that pans out now this weekend and even kind of the end of last week was, uh, the start and we've kind of had the finish now of Comic-Con 2020. Um, I got to be honest, I've, I've been kind of, uh, again, just a lot kind of going on this weekend of, of watching TV. You know, one thing actually I meant to <laughs> mention was I also binge watched uh, some wrestling content this weekend. I watched uh, The Undertaker, The Last Ride on the WWE Network. It's kind of a documentary of the last three years of his career here from 2017 moving forward. He's never let a, a documentary crew kind of follow him. He's always been a very private person. And um, so this kind of documented him and kind of struggling to decide whether to retire or not. So it was really just just captivating. Like even my wife and kids were watching it, like coming in and out of the room as I was watching it. Like you, you couldn't help but not watch it, like knowing who The Undertaker is. And I know some of you maybe out there aren't wrestling fans, but you know who The Undertaker is. Like he's almost like one of those Hulk Hogan type people where everybody knows who he is. But, um, you know, I, I, for me on a personal level of, you know, seeing his struggles with not being able to walk away. Like you think of all these sports heroes out there and all these athletes and that, and how, you know, that's gotta be a terrible day to finally be able to say, I can't do this anymore and have to make that decision. And then what do you do? You know, how does a Tom Brady end his career? Like I would almost equate the two of them together right now where like neither one of them, well, I guess the Undertaker has by the end of this, he, <laughs> the decision has been made, but like, Tom Brady, like you keep winning. It's okay to step away. You've done it all. Like every day he steps back out on the field, he's putting his body at risk. And like, that's kind of what this documentary goes into is like, he has what he thinks is his last match and it's just not good. Like it's, you know, the, the match doesn't go the way he wants it to go. Very, very sloppy. Um, and so he, kind of does the motions of the career ending, but then goes home and looks back at it and watches it and says like, I can't go out that way. So he kind of has to force himself to do it again. And then like that just keeps happening over and over throughout this documentary, this up and down where he'll have a good, what he thinks is the final end and then gets called back in and, and kind of ruins it. And it's, it, it's almost like a tragic thing to watch uh, as you're watching it. Here's this guy that you knew for years as you're not, I don't want to say my hero, but he was one of those wrestlers that was the best. And then to see kind of this, this glimpse into the, his reality, um, was, was just, uh, very, very interesting to watch. So I know, again, a lot of you, I know aren't wrestling fans out there. Uh, but I think this is something that would cross that regardless, whether you're a wrestling fan or not, the way it's presented, um, as him as a person and, uh, kind of bringing it down to that personal level and, and the tragedy almost of, of, what I'm calling a tragedy of his uh, mindset to, to what it takes to step away was just very, very interesting. And really this kind of weird, just captivating glimpse at humanity. It was, it was pretty neat to watch. 
Um, but yeah, so that was my weekend. So back to Comic-Con. So I've, I've been kind of like getting some headlines, but not haven't really been following too much other than kind of the things that I was actually kind of seeking out. And one thing that I thought was really interesting and that Marvel um, is coming out with is this new show coming to Disney Plus called Marvel's 616. And so you guys know, obviously, I love my documentaries here. I was just talking about the Undertaker's documentary. And that's kind of what this series is going to be. It's this, this look into... I'm going to read you kind of the uh, the description and the way they phrase it. This is their overview. It says, Marvel 616 is an anth- anthological documentary series exploring the intersection between Marvel's rich legacy of stories, characters, and creators in the world outside your window. Told through the lens of a diverse group of filmmakers, each, documenter- each documentary will dive into the rich historical, cultural, and societal context that has been inseparable from the stories of the Marvel Universe. So I love that we're going to get these glimpses into these characters and their creation. And it's going to be really their creation through the lens of what was kind of happening in society and in the culture. I mean, they bring up like this episode about Ms. Marvel and kind of just exploring, you know, the fact that she's this Muslim character. And what did that what does that mean? And, you know, why the creation of that? Um, I can't wait for the show to come out. Like it really looks like it's going to be just this very interesting look. And then even said like they're, they're dipping back into some characters that people don't even remember so much. I mean, there's going to be one whole episode of all these creators talking about characters that they love that they just wish would come back, you know, or that aren't there. And so I think that's, it's just awesome, man. Like I can't wait. And it says it's streaming soon. We don't have a date yet for that. Um, but it's not going to be too, too far away. So that's going to be a series. I think we definitely need to keep a lookout for. And again, that's going to be over on Disney plus, um, which looks pretty neat. The one I always like looking at too, is the star Wars, uh, or the Lucasfilm publishing, uh, panel where they kind of talk about all the new books and things coming out. And they just had a plethora as always. Uh, there's this new book coming out called the lightsaber collection. It's going to kind of go into each, uh, the evolution of not only just the lightsaber, but talk about each one with some high res pictures of each of them. Looks like if you're going to be a collector and you kind of like those tabletop books that they come out with, um, this is definitely going to be one of those books, uh, for sure. There's another one about the creation of galaxy's edge called the art of star Wars galaxy's edge. This looks again to be like another little tabletop book that's coming out. Um, all different concept art and things like that kind of, and they're getting into the story of Batu, uh, kind of talking about it. I think that's, um, um, definitely a neat, neat book for sure. Uh, IDW getting in the game again. They're coming out with a kind of relaunch of Star Wars Adventures, uh, which is kind of cool, showing off some of their cool, cool pictures. If you remember, Star Wars Adventures was kind of the books for kids. My daughter actually has a couple of those issues. Um, those are always fun. They're always fun books for sure. Uh, but they're also diving into a Vader's Castle series, uh, calling it the Shadow of Vader's Castle. Now, in this one, it's supposedly like a, a spooky one. It's a 30-page one-shot that's going to be coming out and uh, multiple multiple uh, different covers for it. Um, and it just looks really, really cool. I mean, Vader's Castle is one of those interesting things that started really just as um, concept art. It's never in the original films. Of course, it was in Rogue One. And since then, they've kind of been expanding on that through the Vader series and uh, kind of chasing chasing um, just the, the history behind it all. Uh, speaking of Vader, we are getting another Darth Vader comic book series. Uh, this one coming from Greg Pak. It's going to have a lot of callbacks to the prequels, I guess, and even tie-ins to the latest film, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. So that'll be interesting to see how they uh, decide to kind of pull that in. Uh, they even said within that we're even going to get a fresh look um, from kind of the um, Star Wars Empire Strikes Back point of view through that series. So that's kind of interesting. 
Speaking of The Empire Strikes Back, this was actually already announced, but they um, did talk about it some more. With um, the original movie, there's a book out called Star Wars from a Certain Point of View, and it's 40 stories, and it came out in the 40-year anniversary, and it's all these little stories from a character within the Star Wars universe and the events that we all know from the films from their point of view. The first book was awesome. Well, this is now one specifically about The Empire Strikes Back. So I think this one's going to be freaking just cool as hell. Like getting all just, you know, because the last one was just a lot of fun. That I mean, that was one of the things about it. You, you had characters that were just little grunt soldiers, you know, giving stories. Uh, so I think to kind of get that from The Empire Strikes Back viewpoint, um, I think is going to be pretty cool. Uh, a little bit about The High Republic. Uh, there is a new book, kind of a, a preteen or a, a teen book uh, called The High Republic, A Test of Courage. You know, I'm... I'm High Republic, I keep forgetting that that is even a thing, almost, I want to say, and that we're right around the corner from that. I think in August we get that first book. Uh, I did read that first little chapter that I think IGN kind of had the the um, uh, info on it or had had the – they were able to premiere that first chapter. And, I, you know, I'm really interested to see where the High Republic goes and how – successful it is like are we gonna get these book series and then eventually get like an animated series you know or are they gonna push put this into real into like an actual movie you know i don't know it's gonna be just something i guess we just kind of gotta wait and see uh we got a clone wars book that's coming out uh it's actually um it's an anthology it's gonna take you kind of through uh all different aspects of the clone wars uh dr afra of course you know big fan favorite there's a, uh, I guess, series getting ready to run for that. So, you know, I'm just wondering how long it's going to be until we see Dr. Afra kind of represented in live action. You know, do have we had word that, that, that she's coming to Disney Plus in some way? I don't know. It seems like, you know, she's just become this fan favorite um, suddenly here over these last five, six years kind of with the Disney acquisition of Star Wars. So got to wait and see. And then finally, the big one, man, I think that a lot of people are excited about Timothy Zahn's new Thrawn book. Thrawn Ascendancy, Chaos Rising. I love that Thrawn is, um, you know, getting this due. You know, they, that he was somebody that was kind of in the expanded universe in the books and now suddenly has become just this thing that they just keep tapping back into, into the books. Did we get, I remember there was that story that there was a Thrawn series coming did we get official confirmation from that? I know I should probably go back and look this up or probably should have before we started doing the show here. I want to remember being very excited, but for some reason in my head, I want to say that it was still somewhat unsubstantiated. Um, unless, hell, maybe maybe that was over on StarWars.com too. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's just great that we're just getting non-stop Star Wars. You could be a Star Wars fan and pretty much always have some form of content to be consuming every single day. Like, I, I don't even know how you can even dig through all the Star Wars stuff. Um, it's very cool. Great time to be a Star Wars fan for sure. Uh, we also did learn here on the New Mutants panel that New Mutants is coming August 28th. So that was cool to kind of finally get yet another release date for the movie. I'm still unsure whether or not the movie's going to come out. I mean, we still have to see, I think, where theaters are at that point. I mean, if anything, I mean, can we just please put it out on a streaming service? Like, just do it. Uh, but one of the interesting pieces of that panel that they had, because they had all the actors kind of, of course, coming from a Zoom call, was why they had to leave Warlock out. Now, if you're not familiar with Warlock, Warlock is a character who he's made up of all, of all these like 
little machines, I think, right? He's a, he's this alien race that just kind of goes around and just takes over uh, other living things, kind of consuming them, and he, he's kind of this shape-shifting character. And it said that if they kept... He was actually in there, they said, up until about six months before they were getting ready to shoot. But just having Warlock in the movie doubled the budget for the movie. So they were like, ah, we can't move forward with this character, so we just need to cut him out. Kind of funny when you think about it, right? I mean, it's kind of interesting that, you know, they're they're, they're that just open about letting us know that. But I mean, I guess they had to. Warlock is kind of a staple of the New Mutants, which I'm going to be honest, I'm not a huge New Mutants person. I mean, I was, I read the original X-Men books when I was younger and, and kind of followed those, that series, but never really jumped into New Mutants other than when, you know, one of them kind of bled over into something or I'm trying to think even probably like Age of Apocalypse kind of that time was maybe kind of where I followed those characters a little bit or at least got glimpses of those characters. Um, but uh, I just think, I think that's kind of that nice little look behind the curtain of movie development where you have literally one character in a movie doubles the budget that that's crazy when you think about it now you almost wonder like if this was a disney production would they have stepped forward and did that i mean fox obviously off where some of those films have have been lately you know i could see them especially when you know you got to think of that time is when we had phoenix kind of having its issues and its start and stops and, and not releasing and getting delayed and so they were probably very concerned said you know what Let's just pull them out and just make the movie. Um, I don't know. Kind of an interesting take. But, hey, I'm still looking forward to August 28th. Let's see if it comes out. And But I know one thing. I won't be going to the theater to see it. Um, just, you know, because of kind of, I think, the situation where the, still the country with the pandemic will be at that point. So when it comes to a streaming service, then I'll be jumping in for sure. So uh, that's going to do it for me, guys. Let's wrap it up today. I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about tomorrow, of course. Uh, big thank you again for always tuning into the show. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Mark Turk. That's M-A-R-K-T-U-R-C. And again, if you want to help support the show, you can find a link to the Patreon down below. You can join our awesome Discord of Patreon members over there. And of course, that gets you early access to our Patreon-only podcast. And uh, actually, you'll be hearing this upcoming weekend. You'll be hearing uh, this month's episode. It's recorded. It's in the can. Our patrons have been enjoying it. And of course, you can also have the chance to be on that patron episode if you are a supporter of the show. So you can find that link down in the show notes. And uh, of course, check out all the content over at Game Insider, game-insider.com. You know, I'm still teamed up with those guys doing the show with them, talking video games. And uh, hopefully, going to be reviewing some games soon. That's one thing that, uh, you know, I haven't done in a while. So, yeah, I'm kind of getting ready to get my fingers warmed up here and start typing some game reviews again for Game Insider. So uh, check that over there. And, of course, email me, theenthuselife at gmail.com. Let me know what, what kind of stuck out with you from Comic-Con. Because, again, like I said, I've been kind of missing some of that this weekend. So if there's anything that you saw that got you excited that you're really, really just stoked and you think I need to know about, let me know, theenthuselife at gmail.com. So with that, everybody, thank you again for tuning in today. Until tomorrow, we'll catch you next time.